So that noise you hear is Mass GOP is under construction. Another episode of Jim Lyons, the elephant in the room. Mr. Lyons, a lot going on at Mass GOP. It is under construction. You're building the party up from the grassroots, from the bottom up, because there's so much work to do. Let's talk a little bit about, we've got candidates, you've got training going on, you're building the party, the caucuses that are coming up, the convention's coming up. So much to talk about. Where do you want to start? So I, I think what, what I want people to understand is this isn't uh, the same party that it was 35 years ago. And what we've seen within the Republican Party, I believe, over the last 30 years is, a, is, is an idea that what the Republicans should do is try to get along with the Democrats. No, let's not do that. <laughs> that, that but, that's, but that's what we're seeing, mm-hmm. all right? And as a legislator, I understood and saw that firsthand. And that's why, in my opinion, we are where we are. There's other reasons for it, but we need a more aggressive Republican Party, one that is unafraid to stand for the values of the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. The values that Ronald Reagan taught us, right? Freedom, individual liberty, personal responsibility, and a free enterprise system. Ronald Reagan made it clear that we have to stand up for those values. But President Trump, President Trump drove that message home. Mm -hmm. Okay? He went down to D.C. and he saw the swamp firsthand. And he was attacked for the fact that he wanted to talk about putting America first, right? You bring that back to Massachusetts as someone who served in the legislature. I get it. I get it. There's a reason the Democrats spent $300,000 to defeat me, all right? Because like the values that Reagan taught us, I believe we have to fight the way President Trump fought. Couldn't agree more. And we have to stand up and be unafraid. You know what Democrats do real well? They'll say something that is 60% true, which means it's 40% false. But they'll keep saying it, and it's false. But they keep saying it, and they keep saying it, and can say it until it becomes what their perception of the truth is. What I want to see the Republicans do is stop playing defense and go on offense. Stay... Be proud of what we represent. We represent the working class people now. We represent law and order. We represent small businesses. We represent a good economy. We want kids to be taught well in school. We need to stop say we need to stop apologizing for that because there's nothing wrong with anything that I just said. And we need to start repeating it more and more. And this podcast is a good way to do that. And with your leadership at Mass GOP. We need to start saying it. it's true. But the difference between us is it's going to be the truth. It's going to be the truth, and we're going to be proud of it. And we got to stop kowtowing to the Democrats because they're going to shout us down and say that we're wrong, but we're not. And the party, like you said, 35 years ago, we were a different party. 35 years ago, we weren't the party of the working class. Under your leadership now, we are. And that's something to be proud of. Well, thanks, Sean. And, and, and I think uh, I'm going to just go back to this Trump thing a little bit because everyone, you know, in Massachusetts says, you know, you got to stay away from President Trump. You know, we're in Massachusetts. Well, here's a statistic that people are, uh, might not be familiar with. 
There are 500,000 Republicans in Massachusetts. There are 253 unenrolled who call themselves Trump Republicans. That's 50%. Mm -hmm. President Trump's only been around for four years. There are so many people out there who consider America first, the America first agenda to be something that we should be, be really fighting for. Look, Ben Carson says it better than anybody. He really does. He said, you know, sometimes the way President Trump says things and the things that he does has us all scratching our heads. And we agree. Mm-hmm. Yep. President Trump is his own guy, and sometimes he says something, and we're all saying, what is he talking about, right? Uh, many times. Yeah. But, but when you get beyond that and you talk about his policies, the things that he believes in are the things that make America great. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have to recognize in our state of Massachusetts. We don't have to go out and do it the way the president did it. We have to do it the way we feel comfortable with it. We have to talk about these things proudly, happily, and make sure people know that we love America. The radical left doesn't. No. No one can convince me otherwise. So that's what we're doing, John. We're traveling this state. We are finding all kinds of people who want to get involved because they love America. Mm -hmm. And love is going to motivate people. Hate isn't. And we're talking about the things that we love. You know, the fact that we love our, our policemen. Mm-hmm. The, the fact that we, we love the rule of law. The fact that we want to see election integrity. We want to see our kids in school. We want parents involved in the education of our children. Look, I served in the legislature, and there was a young state rep, Mark Lombardo, who had two young children. And the sex ed that they were trying to put into the classroom, which the Democrats passed, he went to the floor of the house and he started to read it. He was ruled out of order because it was so obscene. That's what they're teaching our kids. And is, is how, how crazy is that? It, it's, it's concerning. I mean, the one th- good thing about the pandemic is and the, the kids going to school via Zoom, parents were finally in tune to what was really going on in the schools, and they're horrified. You know, we, we were talking a little bit about, you know, making America great again. Making America great again used to be when you went to the grocery store, you could find what you were looking for in the grocery store. Gas prices are a dollar more a gallon than they are now. Everybody listening to this podcast has gotten their home heating bill, that, you know, with the recent cold snap we've had here in Massachusetts. Working families are struggling. They can't afford to go to the grocery store. They can't afford to go to the gas station. They can't afford to go to work anymore because America, you know, America great because they thought we had to switch focus. Biden is not making America great. My words, Biden is a puppet and he's being run by, to your words, and I agree with you, people who hate America. How we change that is by what you're doing at Mass GOP. We've got some candidates that maybe we want to talk about a little bit right now here, running for congressional offices. Why don't we talk a little bit about Dean Tran? Yeah, Dean's just a a terrific, you know, first-generation Vietnamese American, uh, served in the state Senate, uh, you know, ran for office uh, up in in Pittsburgh, and 
he just stands for all the right things. You know, he uh, good family man. Just a great guy. And, and the thing about him is that he's not afraid. He's one of these uh, young candidates who gets up and, and speaks from his heart, talks about how great this country is because he because he came from you know a, a country where there was oppression. And he understands better than anyone. That's one of the things that we're finding is some of these first-generation Americans who've come from other countries, who see how they lived in other countries, they, they love this America, this freedom. And, um, you know, Dean's just a, just a terrific guy and unapolog- unapologetically pro-life, mm-hmm. somebody that stands for the value of life. Look, we've got a Democratic Party in Massachusetts that wants to remove not only wants to, they did remove the requirement that babies born alive should be entitled to medical care. What kind, What planet are these people on? They did that the day after Christmas. You know, we've got another young man, uh, a Marine, who um, who's a business owner running down in the ninth. Jesse Brown. Yeah, just another great candidate, working, working very, very hard out there. And uh, we've got two women running... Uh, in the fourth, Emily uh, Emily Burns and uh, Julie Hall. Julie Hall's a thirty year veteran. Emily Burns is a is a mom with a, a business background who's really concerned about freedom. Uh, you know, it's it's just really encouraging to see. And what we're seeing because of them, we're we're seeing other people running. We've got a guy running up in the uh, sixth, Bob May. Bob May ran for state representative in a five person race, lost by. Eight percentage points in a very bad, you know, 2020 was a tough year for Republicans. Guess what they did? In redistricting, they literally sliced out his precinct out of his state rep district so he couldn't run again. So he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take on Seth Moulton. I'm going to go out and let everybody across the 6th understand just how bad the Democratic Party is, just how bad these radical leftists are. And, and what's happening is is we're getting all kinds of young people energized, you know, to, to run for for run for office. You know, we've got some we've got we've got some great candidates, uh, elected officials. You know, we've got Representative Lombardo mm-hmm. up okay. for re-election. You know, Nick Bulldeger, uh, another one up for re-election. We've got Kelly Pease, a veteran out in uh, Westfield, up for re-election. You know, all kinds of uh, you know really wonderful candidates that are in office. And um, you know, my job is to uh, to teach these young people how to run. I got a young kid, 23 years old, running uh, James Amarello. He's running for um, state senate in a, in a really good Republican district, the best Republican district in the state. That's currently currently held by a um, by a Democrat. We've got a uh, Bruce Chester, African American vet, who ran um, out in uh, Gardner, thinking of running again. You know. Uh, these are the kinds of people that are stepping up and, and really, you know, really going to make a difference. So, you know, I'm excited about it. I love I love going to these training sessions and seeing the energy level. And you know what else is really interesting is you hear people, you hear what they're concerned about, and the message just resonates. They're concerned about America. Mm-hmm. When was the last time people would get up and come to a meeting and say, I'm concerned about the future of America? That's where we are today. People are concerned. Our freedoms are at risk. And we have an obligation as citizens 
to get up and get into the battle. We do. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned it a, just a minute or two ago. The Democrats are scared because one thing that I don't feel like gets enough attention is the redistricting. The way they redrew the lines for congressional districts and fixed, my words, fixed, you know, a couple state reps uh, positions, that means they're scared. We could talk all day here, and maybe tonight's not the right time to do it here, but voting by mail and the way that they're past that up, up at your f- former place of employment up at, you know, up, up, up Beacon Hill, they want to force, you know, this voting by mail. Why are they doing that? Because they're scared of what the MASH GOP is doing and putting good candidates forward. So we have to take that as a compliment, but that also means that we have to double our efforts, though, too. So I think you're hitting a very important topic, and that's this mail-in voting. It's definitely wrong. It should not be allowed. If it's passed, we should we should fight it uh, in the judiciary. You saw what happened in Pennsylvania. They mm-hmm. overturned it. We're getting prepared, if they pass this, to go after it and put it on notice that this is not, a, not consistent with the Constitution of Massachusetts. Mail-in voting should not be allowed. Right now, there are 300,000 ballot applications from the last election sitting in a room over on Morrissey Boulevard that has, have not been removed from the voting rolls. I mean, it's run amok. I mean, the election integrity is something that we should all be concerned about. And how can we help? One of the things we're doing at our training sessions is we're asking people to step up and become registrars. So every city and town has an equal number of Democrats and Republicans. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it's real important because when we're outgunned three to one, when we can be evenly matched, it makes a difference. But Jim, it does make a difference. And I can speak from personal experience because I'm a registrar in, in the town of Ashland. Just me being in the room, and I'm not saying that there's any voter fraud or anything like that, keeps the other guys honest. And it, it makes a big difference because, well, Featherston's here. You know, everything needs to be the way it's supposed to be. And it's kind of sad that it has to be that way, but it's also reassuring because it's it stresses the importance. You've got a Republican registrar in the room. They have to do their job properly. It's so important. I mean, it, you know, and, and look, over time, if you've got four Democrats in there or three Democrats and, and an independent and the issue comes down if it's close. Well, guess which way it's going? Yep, it's cool. going the other way. I mean, that's just—it's—it's not because they're corrupt. No, it's just because that's how it would be. Yep. However, if we're two to two, now there's a debate going on. All right, and and that is a very—we've got an election integrity committee headed by Kathy Lynch. She's doing a remarkable job trying to develop training sessions, training uh, booklets, so people across the state step up and become registrars and poll watchers. And, it, you know, we, we have to remember, this is, this is our country. And if we want it to function the way we want it to operate, we have to pay attention. We do. You know, and um, I, I'm really seeing it. Uh, I can't tell you, John, I mean, I mean, I'm out, you know, two or three nights a week and Saturdays and it's great. I love it. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, a lot of, lot of energy out there among the, among the electorate. You know, but earlier in the podcast, I had said, you know, Democrats do a real good job of saying stuff that's not entirely true to make it true. People say, well, you know, why do you care about vote by mail? You know, uh, 
Were you opposed to absentee balloting? No, I'm not opposed to absentee balloting. There is already a provision in, in place. If you're sick, if you're out of town, then you still have the right to vote. Voting by mail being pushed by the Democrats here in Massachusetts is just an effort to them to ensure that they keep the one-party rule that doesn't benefit anybody in the Commonwealth. And nobody can tell me different. Look at how many town clerks uh, during the last election cycle, Democrats, Republicans, who complained about the fact that there was no accountability. Right. There is no accountability. If you get five ballots mailed to your house, What's what's to say someone can't take all five ballots and vote and put them in the mail? What's to say it does happen? It does happen. Right. We know what happens. It, it, that that kind of defeats the whole process of one person, one vote. Right? But it's wrong for both sides, too. And we need to be clear about oh, that, absolutely. too. Because it could happen for the Republican side, too. And that's the one thing that when we push back on it, people say, well, you know, no, it's wrong across the board. It doesn't benefit the Republicans. And it, it, it benefits the Democrats because there's more of them. But it's wrong. And when you know something is wrong and the party doesn't stand up to it and the leadership up on Beacon Hill doesn't stand up to it, it should send shockwaves to everybody that's living in this state. Even if you're, even if you're not a Republican, you should be concerned about totally it. Totally agree. I mean, the system is flawed. It, it, it opens itself up to fraud. I mean, just that one simple example, you know, five ballots. The other thing that we, as you know, that we saw uh, in the last election cycle, people that had left their home eight years ago were getting ballots mailed to the, uh, ballot applications mailed to their house. I mean, that's crazy, it's, right? Yeah, so, crazy. yeah, I mean, so we, we, that's a very important part of our training, getting people actively involved in their local communities. And, and I really emphasize the local nature of what we're trying to do. You, 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 you have to change the world in your neighborhoods and in your communities. And as part of a big team, right, all of this working together, that's going to, you know, change it all the way across the state. Let's talk a little bit about when you were a state rep. How many Republicans were elected? So in 2010, there were 16 state reps. Uh, there was only 10 actually running for re-election, if you can believe that, in 2010. And when I got elected, uh, I get, we got to a high watermark of 33, and then in 14, we got to 35. So 35 out of how many people? Yeah, so people can understand. Yeah, 35 out of 160. So 35 to 165. Yeah. Okay. How does that one party rule benefit anybody? It, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. It, it absolutely doesn't. I mean, you know, and, and what, what happens, what happens in there is, is they're controlled. They control everything. They I mean, they literally control everything. Um, but, but from a, from my perspective, <clears throat> this is an opportunity to build on those numbers. Mm -hmm. In 1990 was the last year that we had, um, an ability to veto, uh, to sustain a, a Republican governor's veto. We had 16 members of the Senate. In order for us to get to that, we need to get 25 more members elected and hold on in the House. And I'm telling you, the number of state Senate candidates we're getting, you know, I've got Carrie uh, McRae. We've got someone running out in the Westfield District. We've got, you know, the, the, the Worcester area, uh, up and up our way right now. I think we we'll probably get nine or ten state new state senate candidates. We'd love to get to twenty five. I mean, the, there's fifteen that we're probably not going to be able to have an opportunity to win. Mm -hmm. But if we can be competitive in twenty five races, but you bring up a good point. 
we're not going to get the majority overnight. We're not going right. to get the majority in the next eight years, probably. And I'm just trying to be realistic here. But if we can sustain a veto, right, that makes us valuable. And so what we need to do is we need to pick up 10 Senate seats this year. We need right. to pick up 15 more state rep seats. Right. We're not going to do it overnight. But if somebody is listening to this podcast and says, you know what? I think I can make a difference. How do they reach out to MassGOP? Send an email, jlyons at massgop.com. I was at a meeting last night. We've got a candidate who came up to me, 20-year veteran, Navy veteran. He's going to run for state Senate down in the Cape. I mean, those are the kinds of things that are happening. I was out in um, Milford the other day. Harriet Chandler retired. Gentleman came up to me. He's going to run for that seat. I mean, this is happening. Every place I go, people are stepping up to run for office. And um, we're going to help them. And, uh, and and that's why we're trying to build this thing on congressional seats all the way down. So we're, we're all on the same team. I mean, we don't all agree, right? I mean, sure. we know that there's... You and I don't agree on everything. Exactly. But what we can agree on is the radical left has gone crazy. Oh, undeniably. Right. So we want Democrats to join us. We want unenrolled to join us. And we want Republicans to join us. If we do that, we can at least begin to move this state back where we're not looked upon as, look at what this mayor of the city of Boston is doing. A 36-year-old in the city of Boston who, in my opinion, doesn't have a clue what's going on. But how scary is it? She was a sitting city councilor. She was, you know, attending these meetings. She should have some clue of what is going on. Talk about tone deaf. I have never seen a sitting city councilor be more tone deaf in her community than she is. She's lost everybody. She lost her superintendent. She lost her police, her fire, her DPW. Yeah. But she doesn't seem to care. Well, I think that's what we're seeing with some of these big city mayors. They don't seem to care. They, uh, they just believe that their agenda is all that matters. And they surround themselves with people that say yes all the time. And, uh, Eventually, they run out of, uh, like I used to say, you run out of racetrack, right? They, they got nothing left. And then she's only been there, what, not even a, a two months she's only been in there. And she's and Look at the damage she's done. It's in unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know, let, let's wrap it up and let's talk a little bit about candidates. One of my favorite Republicans, of course, is Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln ran for office a lot of times and didn't necessarily win. And it's as exciting as it is, is to have some great candidates, and I'm Got goosebumps just listening to you talk about the slate of good candidates we have. One thing that we need to know is that you don't always win, but you've got to be in this for the future. Because if you don't, unfortunately, you don't win this November, you you know, we want people to still stay involved because you can be involved in other ways, though, too. I think, you know, I I ran in 2010 and I won. Okay, Uh, but the reason I won was because there was a a man that ran in 2006 and 2008 for the same seat. And I got involved in that campaign, and I got to know all of the players in that campaign. So when I ran, that organization was in in place. And that's exactly what we need. What you just nailed is we need people to run. As I told this group last night, you're going to learn when you run for office, it's like riding a bike. You'll never have to learn it again. And what we need is people who are out there in this fight, off the couch, happy warriors, talking about America, the country that we love. He's Jim Lyons, the elephant in the room. God bless America. 
God bless Massachusetts. We'll talk again real soon.